0: Send for the women, the women who will pray, the women who have talents, gifts, and resources to do serious damage to demonic agendas. Send for the women, the women who will mourn, the women who haven't allowed bitterness and hate to turn them into mere mannequins, the women who aren't so downtrodden that they've forgotten how to feel. Send for the women who still have the ability to feel and cry so they might wail against what the devil is doing. Send for the women who will weep and wail. The women who will mourn in sackcloth and ashes. Send for the women. The women who will wake up. Everyone around them. Calling out. The devil is destroying us. Death is on its way. Send for the women. Will be God's warning shout to His people. His alarm system. His tornado signal. His air raid siren. The women who God will use. To warn His people. Of the impending consequences of sin. Send for the women who have a God-given destiny. To destroy the power of Satan over God's people. By waking them up and calling them to a morning of repentance. Women who would teach their daughters to weep against sin. And the assault of the devil. Send for the women. Women who have a destiny to open their mouth and cry against the evil that the devil has put upon God's people. Women who have ideas to be voiced. Energy to be released. Abilities to be exercised. Power to be loosed. Spiritual gifts to be expressed. Prayers to be prayed. Send for the women who look toward the future. To what they can be. What they can do. What they can say. What they can pray. What they can possess that will bring glory to God. Defeat the devil and see a nation saved. Send for the women. everyone welcome to the busy believer show where we study the word of God and apply it to our daily lives I'm your host Monica and I'm here to encourage you in your faith and walk with the Lord in this show we explore the scriptures and share testimonies and learn from other believers who are living out their faith in the midst of busy schedules and challenges I know we've all been there And you can subscribe to this show on thebusybeliever.captivate.fm or your favorite podcast app. You can also come and support this ministry and get access to exclusive content and early release by becoming a patron on www.patreon.com forward slash busybeliever. Thank you for joining me today and I'll leave the links in the description below. And now, let's get started with today's episode of The Busy Believer. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to The Busy Believer Podcast. So, hey, what is evangelism and are we doing it wrong? I read this article this past week that really talked about it and I wanted to just kind of break it down and discuss it today. You know, we know of the verse, Matthew 28, 19, that says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We all know that verse, right? Well, hopefully, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, this is not the first time you've heard this verse. Before the Lord left the earth, He gave us his, the disciples a charge which we, we refer to as the Great Commission, right? This is a command for us to share the gospel and to make followers of Christ, which is what a disciple is, right? One who follows. So for many churches and and people, this verse is important for our evangelism efforts. But the idea or the command of spreading the gospel is really what evangelism is? And is there more to it? Are there some whys and hows we need to focus on? Or is it as simple as being a witness and just sharing the gospel? Or is it even sharing the gospel at all? If we are called to be a witness and we think of a witness as in the courts, what are we witnessing to? What is that test of? Testifying that we are doing. So is it evangelism or is it witnessing? I think along the way, some of us get it wrong. So, what is evangelism according to the Bible? As I look this up, it says evangelism is a derivative of the Greek word evangelist, which refers to that person, right, who preaches and proclaims the gospel. But ironically, the word evangelism doesn't appear in the Bible, but the word evangelist does. Here it is. It appears actually three times in the New Testament. The first one is in Acts 21 8, and it says, Leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea, or however you Caesarea, or however you say that name, and stayed at the house of Philip. The evangelist, one of the seven. Okay, here's the second one now. It's in Second Timothy 4, verse 5. And it says, But you keep your head, in all situations endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. All right, so then I found a third one, which says, in Ephesians 4 11 so Christ gave himself so Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the pastors and the teachers and then it goes on you know into verse 12 so we could see from Scripture that evangelist is the title but evangelism is a role or a function here so this led me to an interesting question who is responsible then for evangelism and even though there there is a title of evangelist we know that every christian is responsible for evangelism some will even i would say some will do it on a bigger scale than others we all know what uh What's his name? Graham did it. Billy Graham. I don't know why I drew a blank. Billy Graham did it. We know Mario Marillo's out there doing it. <laughs> we know Lance Wallnau. We can list names of favorite people that we know have gone out there and did the tent thing of spreading the gospel. And so those, will do, those people will do it on a bigger scale than others. But we are all responsible for sharing the gospel. And here I found out, as I did more research, here's four ways that we seem to get evangelism wrong. And these are just my ideas. I'm sure you could have more or share more, but here's what I found out. Number one, we make evangelism someone else's responsibility, right? I mean, there are like many Christians who never tell anyone about their faith in Christ. They're just like that closet Christian because they believe it's the pastor's job or it's kind of like the whole thing of, you know, don't tell, there won't be any drama. You don't want to want to be known as the Christian. Oh, I can't say anything around you because you're the Christian. I mean, have any of you been there? I really have I've, I've, I think I've been there a couple times where I've had people that I've been out hanging out with and they know that I'm a Christian and they've like cussed up a storm. And then they look at me and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, you're, I forgot. You don't cuss or I'm sorry, you're a Christian. And I'm like, I'm not the one that you have to say sorry to, or I'm not the one that is in trouble or you got to answer for what you say, not me. My life's right with the Lord. So stuff like that, that's what I'm talking about. But while it's true that one of the responsibilities of being a pastor is yes, to proclaim the gospel, but that responsibility doesn't just lie with the pastor. See, this is how I look at it. If the church in Acts only depended on the 12 disciples to to spread the gospel right, it would not have moved as quickly or been as impactful. See, everyone plays a role. And so do you, so do I. See, our role in sharing the gospel is just as important as the pastors because there are people that you can reach that I can't or that pastor can never reach. Secondly, we seem to try to bring people to the gospel. When we should be taking the gospel to the people. And so I know this thought might initially sound strange. So hear me out. (laughs) So many times I think that we limit our evangelism efforts to inviting people to church. And we think, okay, I've done my part. I bring them to church. Now pastor, save them. And people think that. So now... Even though there's nothing wrong with inviting people to church, and if you're doing that, then great, keep doing it. Maybe it is for that person to finally hear something that strikes a chord in them, that actually brings them to the saving grace of the Lord. But here's where I have a question for you. What if they don't come? What do you do then? See, the only Jesus that they may ever see is in you and it is our responsibility to show that inviting people to church is is trying to bring them to the gospel right and there's nothing wrong with inviting them but the command is not to bring people to the gospel but to bring the gospel to the people like i said earlier so let's look at romans 10 verse 13 to 15 all right And it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Paul says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not even heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And see, and if you listen to my first series that we actually did, and it was Ancient Wisdom Unveiled about the armor of God, and we studied the the shoes of the gospel of peace, right? And how there's different gospels that we take to people. The gospel of Jesus, the gospel of the kingdom. And so isn't it interesting how Paul says... How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, and that's why we are to wear the, put on those shoes. That's why it's part of the armor. To take the good news, the gospel, your testimony, to the people. To whereas, when they do get saved, now you could bring them to church, and they can actually learn more, and allowing the pastor to evangelize them, to teach them. So the emphasis is that people cannot respond to a gospel that they have not even heard, like Paul says. So we have to make sure we're using our feet to bring the good news to people. And there are many people who will never step foot in a church, whether because they have a poor taste in their mouth or there's that mundane, boring, you know, And you probably know some of them. It could probably be you. And that is why we need to bring the gospel to them. To go out into the highways and the byways. To the Walmarts, to the 7-Elevens, to the Mickey D's, to the KFC's, to your, your in and outs. Everywhere. So here's point number three. We focus on getting people saved. See, on the surface, this might sound like, Contrary to evangelism, so let me try to clear this all up, okay? (laughs) All right. There is something to understand that many people miss that I've began to realize. And it's when we evangelize or when we think about evangelism, it is proclaiming the gospel, right? Well, God never asked us to save anyone. Think about that. He asked us to preach the gospel. He asked us to go out into the highways and the byways. He asked us to take the gospel to our community. We cannot get people saved because that is a choice and decision that they must make. And the only one that can save them, as you well know, is the Lord God himself. He saved you. He saved me. He's the only one that can save. So we are not responsible for getting people saved because that is totally beyond our control and our ability, right? Wouldn't you agree? I thought so. (laughs) All right. See, we are responsible for sharing the message, giving that testimony, bringing the gospel, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in that person's heart. That is what Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. He even says this in 1 Corinthians 3, 6 verse six to, to 7. And I'm reading all these verses, even though you don't hear me flipping through my Bible today. I'm reading all of my verses from my Bible app. I tagged them so I can get to them real quick. <laughs> okay, so it says, I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants. Nor the one who waters. Is anything. But only God. Who makes things grow. So that's our purpose. Is just to go and plant it. Or to water it. And let God do his thing. So when we think about what evangelism is. Shouldn't it be planting and watering is the seed that you are planting if it is the gospel then when it comes to the gospel sometimes you are planting the seed and sometimes you are watering the seed you never know who planted you never know who watered you'll never know if you are a planter or a waterer (laughs) say that one waterer only God knows and it's bringing each person into that individual's life to spread the gospel. Whether you are a planter or a waterer, God will lead us to the people. God will open up a way for you to share. All that you have to focus on is the planting or the watering. And if you do that, you have done what God wants you to do. So. Now, this doesn't mean that we do not care if a person gets saved or not. No, right? Because we do. It's important to know, you know, if that person got saved. It'd be great to follow up and say, wow, you know, we never know. But it does mean we are responsible for sharing the message and leaving the outcome in God's hands. And it holds true for even me. You know, many of you know about my husband. And how he doesn't believe. And he has no interaction with anybody outside our home. Now, sure, when we go to the store, he says hi to the cashier, make somebody laugh, you know. But the only true gospel that he hears is from me. And so I have to continue to be a planter and a water. And it seems like now it's like I've planted the word. And it seems like now that God is having me water it because I've actually seen him go, you know what, babe, I found out that nowhere in the Bible does it say that three wise men actually brought all of the gifts to, to, to this supposed Jesus when he was born in a manger. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah, never says it in the Bible. I figured he just picked it up off of, you know, something online that he read on his Facebook post or something. And I was like, hmm, contraire, mon frere. (laughs) And I flipped over to Matthew and I read him. Here's the proof. Here's what the magi or magi, however you want to pronounce it. That's what these guys were called way back then. It was the word for the wise men. Now, to give him credit, I'll share this story with you. See, there was a a time where he came up and he asked me, he's like, okay, babe, what was the fruit in the supposed garden uh, when Adam and Eve, when they ate the fruit, right? The forbidden fruit. What was the fruit? Well, I was like knee deep on my phone, social media scrolling, right? And I just responded automatically without even thinking the apple. He goes, no. And then he caught my attention and I was like, wait a minute, what? What did, wait, what did you just say? Hey everyone, I just wanted to take a quick minute. I hope that you're enjoying this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time and listening to my podcast. Wherever you listen to your favorite, I'm honored to be able to share that time with you. But hey, I wanted to let you know, I have my own webpage on Captivate, and I'm going to leave the link in the description below. But if you were to join me on my page, you have some perks that are coming to you. What kind of perks, you say? Well, if you would subscribe for 8 bucks a month, I will give you bonus content, my extra show that I have. And then on top of that, you'll get 24-hour early access to all the shows that the public already gets, and then I'll even throw in an extra perk. If you have your own business, you could send me the name of your business, and I'll shout it out on this podcast at the cost of 8 bucks. It's a deal in itself. I understand that if you don't want to subscribe just yet, hey, just buy me my favorite drink. I have two of them actually One is a cold coffee first thing in the morning I love a caramel macchiato And my other favorite summertime drink Is a lotus banana blueberry chai Oh that's my favorite drink Just hit the tip button and go ahead and leave me a tip And just buy me a drink Alright with all of that I just want to say thank you And let's get back to the show So he repeats it again. And I was like, oh, okay, the apple. And he's like, no. And I was like, all right, let me go. So I go grab my Bible. I go look it up. And he was right. Nowhere in the scripture does it say the apple. It doesn't even specify what fruit. It just says you are not supposed to touch the forbidden fruit of the tree. So he got me there, right? And so heading back to watering or planting it is getting him to where he thinks of that he knows of those things and so he brings it up and so it's a good thing which leads to my fourth point so see we have to make people a project and you're like wait a minute Monica what are you talking about now well check this out one of the biggest mistakes I have seen people make and they're evangelism efforts right is that they make people their salvation project and I have been guilty with that even with my own husband I've tried this so what I mean is that they are only interested in them because they want to share the gospel and if they do not respond the way that they want them to respond then they lose total interest in them case in point I met one of the veterans um, online and at first he was like knee-deep in and, um, and Muslim and he started talking to me and I started sharing the word with him and he ended up praying on Twitter and accepting the Lord. And so each time that I would talk to him or run into him on, on Twitter. It's like, Hey, how you doing? You know, I read this today in the word and I did this and I was how you been doing everything? And trying to encourage him because he was in another state and he was getting down. He didn't know where to go. He didn't know. And so I began to look for churches that are in his areas like, man, brother, go check this church out. You know, it's in your area. Go check it out. Go let them know that you're a brand new Christian. You're a vet. And they'll work with you. And they'll teach you. And he's like, I don't know, you know. And, and vets, we kind of tend to stay away from a lot of things, right? Well, he ended up, because he was lonely, he didn't have anybody to, to school him, and I wasn't going to be mom and stay with him the whole time and hold his hand and teach him. Well, he ends up, converting back to Islam or Muslim whatever you want to call it and he actually sent me a private message and he was like so does that mean you're never going to talk to me again because I left Christianity and I feel better with with um Muhammad and all that and I was like you know no I won't I won't just dump you you're a veteran and I said but I will not discuss religion anymore with you this Muslim Islam whatever you know whatever he went to I said I will not discuss that anymore and um, he was like fair enough and every now and then you know I see him and say hello and but it goes back to that people tend to make somebody a project I've got to get them saved at at whatever the cost is I'll, I'll buy burgers for them I'll get this I'll do that and it's not right we have forgotten about the person and it's not actually the heart of evangelism. Sometimes evangelism requires you to play play the long game where you don't just share the gospel and leave, though. But you invest yourself in the lives of those you are trying to reach. When you see actual potential of, of an interest that they are listening, they're asking questions, they keep showing up. They don't shut you down when you share the gospel. Those are those you're like, okay... So the watering is doing a little difference. I see a little difference in them. And this will include praying for them. We have to pray for them, loving them, to make sure that that our intentions are right and that we genuinely care about their lives and their situation. Not to become a counselor to them, though, because that's not what you're here for. But doing this and showing real interest in who they are, We'll eventually open the doors to just share the gospel, right? And you're like, well, Monty, I don't know how to share the gospel. Yes, you do. You know what the Lord has done in your life. You share that. And the Lord says not to even worry about what you will say because he will send the Holy Spirit to you and he will help you and give you what you are to say at the perfect time. All right? So many times what wins people to to the Lord is just simply loving them and letting your light shine and showing concern about who they are and what they're going through. Letting them know that we're going to pray for them. And this is when you become Christ's hand and feet extended. That kindness to your neighbor, kindness to the widow, Kindness to the one that's angry. Kindness that, to the one that's having a really bad day. And to remember that, that people aren't projects. They are people just like you and me. And we need to see them in that perspective or in that light. So how can I reach others and tell them about the gospel? Most people are, are never going to travel the world, right, preaching the gospel at least not these days with gas prices, right? $4. I'm at $4 a gallon here. And then just over Fourth of July weekend, we were at like four thirty a gallon. And I'm sure you guys were higher. So, honestly, that is not what the world needs more of. Is people traveling the world and preaching the gospel. For most of us, we're going to reach others in our circle of influence. Your neighbors your cashier at your favorite grocery store, your favorite barista at the coffee shop that you go to. These are the ideas and the ways that you can reach others with the gospel and in a sense be a mini evangelist, right? People will begin to see that and and that you actually care. And you never know the next time you pull up to that barista at your favorite coffee shop, they're like, man, you know, I was really having a hard time and I was thinking about what you were saying and I actually prayed to God and it helped. You just planted a seed. You just watered that seed. So I want to use a verse which will help us in this and it's Acts chapter 1 verse 8 and it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Pretty cool, huh? So we need to depend on the Holy Spirit. We don't have to attempt to reach others in our own strength. That wasn't the plan that Jesus had for us. We couldn't do it. We would fail. I often think of that scripture that says, when I am weak, he is strong. And when I am strong, he is stronger still. So see, Jesus' plan was to fill people with the Holy Spirit which would empower and embolden people to go forward and and proclaim this gospel, this good news that that we all hold in our hearts and to not be those closet Christians. It was true then and it's true now. And don't worry if you're a little shy or don't know what to say. We know that the Holy Spirit will help us. He'll, He'll give us boldness to be willing to share the gospel. And he'll give us those words flip over to Acts chapter 4 and verse 31. And Paul says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Alright, now let's flip over to, let's go, um, uh, one, go over a book and go to Luke chapter 12. And we're going to start on verse 11. And it says, when you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, I love this, this verse. It says, Do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at the time what you should say. Have you ever been there, like somebody says something to you and you don't know what to say, and you're like, How am I supposed to answer this? And you quickly said, Lord, help me, I don't know what to say. Have you ever been there? I know I have, and I've been in those times where it's either been with my family or a friend or an unsaved person, you know, you run into them at at your grocery store or whatever and you're like, Lord, what am I supposed to say? And as you give it time and as they begin to share and open their hearts with you more, it's like, bam, that instant verse just automatically hits you and you're like, you know, the Bible says this, and you're able to share that scripture. That's what I'm talking about. Those are those moments when the Holy Spirit will give give us the things to say at the perfect time. So, start doing the evangelism where you are. If you look at the second part of Acts, in, in chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus tells them that they would be witnesses in Jerusalem and ultimately to the ends of the earth, right? Well, We know Paul is not living until the ultimate ends of the earth. We are here right now, right? So the verse applies to us. We're the ones that are here right now. They started in Jerusalem first because that is where they were at at the time. So where are you at? If you're in Washington State or California, Texas, Ohio, Michigan, you know, where are you at? It starts where you're at starts with your family that's your mission field it starts with your co-workers at work and you're like well Monica I can't I can't talk about religion over at the workplace I wouldn't want to talk about religion either I'm talking about my savior a relationship testifying giving witness sharing about the things that that God has changed within you that's not religion that's giving testimony to what God has changed in you. That is where you begin. You tell your story. Your personal experience with Jesus can be the best testimony you can share with others. It has such an impact. If it changed you so radically, then share it. Let them know that what he has done in your life can have a profound impact on other people. This is important and can be an amazing and effective witness. I know, I've done it. In John 9, Jesus heals a man who was born blind. We all know that story. This man, he he was a biblical scholar. He wasn't anything. But what he had to share was his story of how Jesus healed him. And that is what he did. And if you are a Christian, you have a story of how Jesus changed your life or made a difference in your life. Tell that story. The message of the Gospel is about repentance. And it is about relationship, not religion. It's the three R's. Repentance, relationship, but not religion. <laughs> All right? There's an easy way to remember it. When you share that with others, it can entice them to want to know more. What did you go through? How did you get there? When it comes to evangelism, there is one thought left. I want to leave with you. As we say in Spanish, "Hazlo," just. Do it. There are no specific formulas or tricks of the trade. All that you have to do is make yourself available and be willing to share the gospel. And when you do that, you position yourself for God to use you to bring the good news to those around you. And that is the goal all along. That is true evangelism. And with that, remember, fear not. For I have called you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Have a blessed day, everybody. Peace out. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Busy Believer Podcast, where we study the Word of God and encourage each other to apply it to our daily lives. I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new from the scriptures or gave you a fresh perspective on the scriptures that you already know. And if you want, you can support this ministry and get access to exclusive content by visiting me on www.patreon.com forward slash busy believer and become a patron there for exclusive perks. You can also subscribe to this podcast on the or your favorite podcast app such as Spotify and Amazon. Hey, don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and family and let them know that there is someone out there sharing the Word of God. And go ahead and leave a review. Let me know what you think of all of these podcasts out there for you and these Bible studies. I would love to hear it. And if not, just let me know what's your favorite summer drink. God bless you and see you next time on the Busy Believer Podcast.